0: Love, talk
1: Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at HelpForHD.org. To watch us in person, find Help For HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help For HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
2: Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the HSG. I'm your host, Lauren Holder. And today we've got Sophie St. Theron. Um, She's going to be talking with us about the heart and Huntington. Um, and I actually am going to have Sophie introduce herself and tell exactly what she does and, and all of that. So, Sophie, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you very much. Absolutely. So, so what do you do? What Are you a researcher? Yeah. So uh, first, let me just say, I think it's a really great initiative to have this podcast. I think it's a great resource. got recruited was I attended an Hereditary Disease Foundation meeting back in 2018, and I got to meet patients, and I also got to meet the larger uh, research community, the the researchers, and I thought that was um, very inspiring. It's it's a very tight community. People are very – they have solidarity with each other, and they collaborate with each other, and uh, I got to meet Nancy Wexler and Dr. Leslie Thompson. I know you received them at your show. And now, um, yeah, I feel like I'm part of uh, several generations of researchers interested
2: in HD. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't beat meeting Nancy Wexler. She's absolutely wonderful. Um, so, And, you know, they're a great foundation. Um, they're doing some amazing things. Um, but we're glad to have you in the HD community and, and helping us. And so we're going to talk about heart disease today and Huntington's disease. Um, it's not something that we normally talk about. I don't think we even think about it that often. Um, but in your bio that I read online, you mentioned that heart disease is the second cause of mortality from HD. Can you go into this a little bit for the community? And, and is this a recent finding? You know, what type of studies and all of, all of that have been done? Yeah, so actually it's not a
0: recent, a recent finding. Um, the first few studies, that's from uh, 1988. They found is that.
2: That, that is fascinating. Um, one of the reasons it's so fascinating for me, uh, my father just passed away in January from Huntington's, and I never thought about his heart disease part being part of that, but he did have heart disease, uh, very significant heart disease, and, um, and so I never would have thought about that contributing or being a part of HD. So this is all very interesting to me. Um, so what types of of heart disease, fine. I know you mentioned arrhythmias. Um, I'm assuming heart failure in general, but is there anything specific?
0: So yeah, if we
2: want to know um,
0: what more specifically, we have to go into the animal models. So have, uh, as you probably know, there's a, a lot of good um, mice models for uh, HD. They're not perfect. The, the mouse models, they need to have a longer HD receipt well, the same type of pathology as in humans, so we have anywhere between 80 to uh, like 200 uh, PHG repeats, but the advantage of that, too, is that we just uh, faster progression of the disease, and we can study it and test hypotheses uh, on that, and so uh, I'd like to talk to you about the, the work of Some um, death. Like And what it makes, it, it makes the, the heart um, increases its demand, so it needs to uh, pump a bit um, stronger. A normal heart will have um, increased in the size of the muscle cells, and so it can pump more effectively a larger volume of proteins from the mTOR pathway, and it's very important because it can sense different signals from the environment. It can sense um, growth hormones and also nutrients. So, for example, amino acids that enter the cell, it tells the, the mTOR pathway to be active and, and to produce more proteins, so we can have good metabolism. We can have growth. On the contrary, uh, if the mTOR pathway is inhibited, it can it can prevent um, to uh, energy consumption and maybe degrade some proteins and eventually then even lead to cell death. So what they found is that the mTOR pathway is strongly um, downregulated in the HD heart starting early the mTOR pathway was activated in the HD animals, and if you stress their heart, they were able to have normal hypertrophy. So this is something that can be interesting for the heart pathology. The only thing with the mTOR pathway is it's a fine balance. If you activate it too much, it can lead to too, too much growth and eventually something like cancer. If you don't activate it enough, then it has this type of negative impact on the So it's a fine balance and it needs uh, it will need to be tightly controlled by a very specific molecule. But this at least is a an
2: such a great point, and I'm so glad that you're doing the research on this. Um, You know, and and your research is ongoing right now. I know that you had mentioned that um, probably in about eight to 10 months, we can come back and actually explore the data that you have from your research. Um, But in the meantime, is there anything that people who are are maybe early onset HD or pre-symptomatic should do? Or even symptomatic, should do in regards to their heart as we, you know, as this is being researched.
0: Um, so I am not uh, a, a clinician, and um, I would, I would think that it's a good thing to to just have it in mind, talk about it if you're feelings, feeling, um, feeling symptoms, or you know, talk about it with uh, proper clinicians. Um, it's good to um, get the attention on this, but. Uh, at least know that we're, we're studying it and we're being interested in, in it for sure.
2: So let me, let me ask this. So we usually just think of the brain when it comes to HD, um, but as more research is being done, we know that we're finding other areas of the body, like the heart and the gut, that play a role in some way. Do we know why? So what we know is
0: that HD also affects some of, uh, um, peripheral tissue, so it means outside of the central nervous system, especially if there's a high metabolic demand for it. So it's linked with the metabolism. Um, I don't know much about the gut, but I'm, I'm interested also in the muscle wasting and HD, you know, how there is um, progressive, progressive muscle loss, and it can be interesting too to relate the, the heart phenotype uh, which is also a muscle to the, the loss in, uh, in, uh, in the muscle mass uh, during HD. And as in a lot of research in HD, there's kind of two different hypotheses. It's either um, you know the Huntington protein which has the elongated PHE repeat will misfold and then become aggregated and form these clumps in the cells. And these clumps can uh, bind to all kinds of proteins and prevent them from doing their normal function. So we can hypothesize that either it happens within the tissues or within the the muscle cells, within the heart cells, there's some mutant huntington that prevents normal function, or it comes from the central nervous system, which is uh, connected, of course, um, and these regulators that are produced by this by the brain or that are through nerves and um, synaptic connections, these ones are affected because, of course, we know how much aggregates are present in the brain. So uh, we can look at this from the the two sides and, for example, uh, other regions of the brain, such as the hypothalamus uh, and uh, the amygdala, are very important in um, the for example, the heart function. So, there's other
2: places where we
1: can look at if it's not directly,
2: the problem is not directly in the tissue. But we don't know that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> so, your research focuses on the cause of the HD related heart issues and how, how RNA contributes to it. Is that correct? So, um, I can tell you a little
0: bit about what we'll do in our first year. So for that, I need a bit of context, and bear with me, tell me if, if, if it's pure. but um, the concept at uh, the beginning, a uh, few decades ago, we thought that one gene was responsible for one protein. But after um, we sequenced the whole uh, genome of uh, humans, we found out we have only 20,000 genes, but we know that we have over, 100,000 proteins that are present in, uh, in our body, so that it can't be one gene, one protein anymore. So the discrepancy is because of RNA, which is in between. and it's slicing and things about it's like a movie. called RNA-binding protein, and an RNA-binding protein is an editor that can only recognize one type of frame. So let's say it can only recognize red frames or green frames or yellow frames, and so the rest of the reel remains the same, but you could have a movie with less red in it, towards the late phase of the disease and take control tissue from mouse without the mutant hunting at the same time. Then we will protein. So the hope is to find um, uh, an editor that would be responsible for a large number of deleterious changes, so you wouldn't have to target 1,000 changes, but you could target one change, one editor that is responsible for uh, most of these changer, changes. Changes. Um, so simplifying here that so this is the gist of uh, what we want to do, and we think that our new binding protein could be um, affected by the mutant hunting team, uh, protein. It could be stuck there, couldn't do their job, and it could lead to a tissue that is more red or more yellow and that tends to uh, function as good as without the mutant Huntington being present. So that's the idea.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for breaking that down, um, That's That's awesome um, what you're working on. I can't wait to get updates about that. We'll have to bring you on about, um, about that in the future. And I'd also love to bring you back to talk about the muscle wasting um, at some point, because that's not, again, not something that we talk about. We know it happens and we know that we have to basically have a new normal when it happens. um, But we don't think about what's behind it necessarily. So Um, I would love for you to come back and talk about that as well sometime. Um, And I really appreciate you coming on uh, today and just talking to us about the heart. And uh, do you have any final thoughts for the HD community? Yeah,
0: sure. Uh, First, I want to say it's an amazing community. That's how I got stuck in it (laughs) because uh, people are very open and interesting, uh, but the, yeah, there's one thing that as a researcher I really try to keep in mind is that HD is not an island. We should think in a broader context where research is made in other neurodegenerative disease and other neuromuscular diseases, and this is very valuable to us, and we get ideas.
2: appreciate that because I, I couldn't agree more with that um, you know I, I definitely think that's so important what you just said so thank you again for coming on thank you guys for listening today I think it was a great show about the heart make sure that you tune in for our next show um, and we're really going to look forward to October we'll have Dr. Ed Wild coming on to talk about HD Clarity and um got some other really good things lined up um, for October and November Um, so thank you guys and I hope everybody takes care
1: thank you for listening don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help4HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help4HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.